Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with J.P. McNamara on C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. And good morning. Our lines are open. 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. It's John Paul McNamara in for Patricia Messenger until one. Patricia, uh, doing better than what she was last week. She got a full-blown uh, type flu, uh, which is going around. Uh, a lot of chest infections, a lot of bad colds. But hopefully, fingers crossed, she will be back with us tomorrow here on the programme. Uh, if not tomorrow, Wednesday, anyhow. But hopefully, she'll be back tomorrow with us and she'll be feeling a lot better. But yeah, a lot of people are sick with those various flu symptoms at the moment so uh, take care because it can knock you, it can just make you so weak and you'll have no energy and that type of thing so later on from 12.30 if you uh, are like Patricia maybe in those uh, frames with uh, the health situation maybe you do feel you've no energy and you have a, f- a flu or a bad cold uh, you can get in contact with us because Annalisa will be joining us with all nutritional advice from 12.30 you can keep your calls coming for that now on 1850 or text or WhatsApp 0862103103 she'll have some great advice there after 12.30 also ahead on the programme and this is a big issue, not only in East Cork, but it's becoming an issue everywhere in Cork, I think. But East Cork are facing it at the moment in a big way. And now there's the Department of Education is being asked to carry out a review of secondary schools in East Cork as places become more limited. Now, this is mainly due to the fact that more people are moving to East Cork. They cannot afford to buy a house maybe in the city or suburbs. So they're moving to areas in East Cork, for example, like Carrick Tool, like Middleton. And their secondary schools are now under pressure. Carrick Tool in the limelight for a long while who have openly said they need a new secondary school for those who moved there about 10 years ago. Middleton now is coming under pressure and even though there's new builds in the Middleton area and when I mean new builds I mean new buildings additional to schools there is still a problem with places in Middleton that is because you have people who have purchased there over the last four to five years or longer and now their kids are school going you also have the outer areas where people are moving to like Castle and Marsh like Shanagarry all those areas where they would feed into Middleton for a secondary school so they're all going there as well and because everybody's going to the one location, what happens? The school is under pressure, not enough places. And it mightn't happen initially when the houses are all built, but it does happen uh, later on, give it five, six, seven, eight years, which we can see now. So discussing what can be done, because even if there is a review, it's a little too late uh, as the places people want are now and there is no places or a limited amount of places. Anyhow, we're also going to hear about a surge in people buying gluten-free food. And these are people who do not suffer from celiac disease, but asking why is this? Why do people think they uh, feel more healthy if they eat gluten-free food? Discuss 
discussing with Safe Food this morning and we hear about teen talks a lot across uh, the country. Well, here now in Cork, we're uh, going to host teen talks across a number of areas of Cork and the reason why uh, they are hosting these particular talks is because more than ever, teens are suffering from anxiety but also they want teens to open up about their mental health and that can be opening up to your parents, uh, to your guardians, to an older brother, or someone whereby your feelings are known, that you're not suppressing those feelings, that you're expressing them and that you're open uh, and that will help people then with anxiety or whatever mental health they might be going through. We hear about those teen talks uh, that have been organised for Cork. And staying on the issue of teen talks and mental health, uh, the death over the weekend of Caroline Flack and why everybody now needs to be more careful on social media. We'll discuss that in a while, but we'll speak with Nori Murphy of Lishin's house uh, something we've discussed before uh, with Noreen is how people are treated on social media how you talk about someone uh, how you say something to someone on it but also face to face I mean this happens uh, when you deal with uh, the issue of school bullying whereas before it would stop at the school gates uh, and it was never right for it to be in the school in the first place now it follows the young person home as well uh, by way of social media and unfortunately over the last number of months uh, social media and indeed the media uh, really did hound Caroline Flack in every way going for uh, information that was very personal going on in her own life outside uh, for a TV career. Anyway, more on that uh, in a while, but we'll, we'll be speaking to Noreen from Lucian's house about that on the programme this morning. We're also going to chat to a man from California who is running across Ireland at the moment for rare diseases. It's a run for rare is what he's calling it. He's done this before in various states in America. Now he's come to Ireland because he, well, first of all, he knows he has an Irish connection. His grandfather is from Ireland. When he did more digging, he believed his grandfather was from North Cork. But over the weekend, uh, when we did even further digging, this morning we, we thought it was North Cork first, that it was Scart in North Cork and we presume maybe it was Scart in Cadollery or it could have been Scart in Milford. We now find out that it's actually Scart Road in Bantry. It's where his father or grandfather even was from. Obviously moved to the States a number of years ago and he is back to run across Ireland to raise funds for a number of rare diseases. He'll tell us more about that. His name is Noah Coughlin. He wasn't sure if it was Colin or Coughlin. So when I was speaking to him at the weekend, I was saying, well, if your granddad and we weren't too sure where in Cork he was from then, but either North Cork or West Cork, if he's in the county, it's pronounced Coughlin. So we'll, we'll call him Noah Coughlin. Obviously in the city and suburbs, usually they, they say Colin, but Coughlin in the county. Anyhow, he'll join us as well uh, later in the programme and we'll hear about because he had a tough weekend running with Storm Dennis so we'll hear about his weekend he was in the Cork area running uh, so that and more to come between now and one and your reviews are welcome 1850 333103 text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 and all week here on the show we have a competition because we're giving you the chance to win with Atkins, Cargahan Road and Husqvarna. We've got a Husqvarna hearing protection with built-in FM radio to give away every day. And Atkins are hosting a Husqvarna Automore information evening on Wednesday, February 26th at the Oriel House Hotel in Ballincollig. It's at 7.30. Admission is free and one lucky attendee will walk away with a free Husqvarna Automore. Atkins, Carrigahan Road, everything for the farm and garden. What we what we will do for you to win is later I'm gonna play a song and a line from this particular song 
the last couple of words will be mowed off. So the lawnmower will come in and mow off the last few words of the song. What you have to do is you have to guess the last few words of the song. Uh, we'll play the song later in the show and then we'll run the competition as well later just to give you a feel of what exactly we mean. Uh, that is all thanks to uh, Atkins on the Carragahan Road. Everything for the farm and garden. Your chance to win a Husqvarna hearing protection with a built-in FM radio. So while you're going on the garden, you can uh, mow in the lawn, you can listen to us as well at C103 with that built-in FM radio on that hearing protection adv- device from Husqvarna. So that and more to come between now and one this morning. And the lines are open, 1850-333-103. Bernie takes your comments. You can text on WhatsApp, 0862-103-103. C103, good morning to you, 1850-333-103. Our lines are open. Text or WhatsApp, 0862-103-103. And a very sad news over the weekends, many would have known the TV presenter Caroline Flack. Uh, Caroline took her own life in her London home on a Saturday and a lot of this people feel was due to the harassment from the media and social media in particular and it's I suppose opening up a debate over the weekends and indeed this morning and even when we speak about social media and the, pe- the way people use social media it's just the debate on how we all speak to each other because I was talking to Simon on The Breakfast Show earlier about this and while people can blame Facebook and Twitter, it's those who are using the actual Facebook and Twitter services are the ones that are to blame. Yes, Facebook and Twitter can do a lot more to control the trolls online but I think before we ever had Facebook and Twitter, Twitter, we had those type of people in society. We had always nasty people in society and where they might have not been heard of only from people working in frontline services such as a reception or a hospital front desk or maybe a call centre or in a shop. They would have encountered those type of people from dealing with the public where the majority of people may not always have come across them. And because social media wasn't a big thing then, uh, the type of harassment wasn't as big, let's say, in the 90s or the 80s. It was always there from the tabloids, but that was about it. Uh, It didn't feature into social media and why Caroline Flack, uh, God rest her, is a big name. And she, I suppose, was getting a lot of attention for the person who may not be a celebrity is also might be getting attention on Twitter and Facebook in the wrong way but might not have got that attention in the 80s or 90s might have got it to their face in a schoolyard but not online 24-7 so why yes the social media giants need to really look on how they now deal with those trolls online also I think everybody has to look at themselves on why we are all not all of us but why some people are so nasty why some people feel it's okay to open up a phone or a website type something towards a person a nasty comment towards a person and then walk away from it I mean how is that right why does anybody think they have the God given right to say horrible things about how somebody looks about somebody's age about their status in life I mean, a lot of personal stuff is that person's own business. So look after your own personal life and let that person look after theirs, is what I would say. But those people were always there. It's just a lot of us now and a lot of the social media platforms have given 
those nasty people at platforms. One idea this morning coming out is that if anybody is on social media and, and uses it and you see those uh, people on it who obviously they have fake names but they have no faces is to remove them and unless you've been verified by some way or another like when you go to the bank and you're verified to use your banking app and a lot of the time they will ask you for a passport that you can only use social media now if you verify something so if you go on and do something wrong it's immediately traced back to you and there's ownership there whereas at the moment you can do what you want and there's no ownership it's like a world whereby you can break the laws and get away with it and it would be like us running around the streets breaking into shops and getting away with it because there be no rules no laws so something does need to happen and it's unfortunate to think uh, that a death like this has to get people talking about it but it has uh, and maybe it's because she she is so young and known to the generation who would use uh, Twitter and Facebook more than maybe others anyhow uh, her friend Laura Whitmore who's from Wicklow uh, well known to many uh, who is now of course Caroline was the original presenter of Love Island still was she obviously took time out for various reasons uh, this time around but she started off on the extra factor with Ollie Morris then to the actual, actual X factor itself hosted a number of other TV shows for ITV. She then went on and started presenting Love Islands airing on ITV2 and of course here in Ireland on Virgin Media. And that show in the last particular summer series took off big time. And that's where I think she herself then became more of a media spotlight and social media spotlight because the season last summer was one of the highest rating show ever uh, in television when it comes to reality TV and whatever people think about Love Island or reality TV that show really did make her in terms of TV presenting and she was good at it it was Laura Whitmore who took over for her this time round for the first ever winter edition of Love Island which has been filmed in South Africa Laura though has her own show on BBC Radio and this is her speaking on Caroline Flack over the weekends. Caroline loved to love. That's all she wanted. Which is why a show like Love Island was important to her because the show is about finding love, friendship, having a laugh. The problem was in the show. The show to work on is loving and caring and safe and protected. The problem is the outside world is not. Anyone who's ever compared one woman against another on Twitter, knocked someone because of their appearance, invaded someone else's privacy, who have made mean, unnecessary comments on an online forum, need to look at themselves. Sorry. To the press, the newspapers who create clickbait, who demonise and tear down success. We've had enough. I've seen journalists and Twitter warriors talk of this tragedy and who they themselves have twisted twisted what the truth is. You don't have to tear down someone to feel good about yourself. So to listeners, be kind. Only you are responsible for how you treat others and what you put out in the world. I've had messages, I've been harassed for just doing my job and this is where the problem is. And I want to use my platform, this platform, to call people out because it's gone too far. Your words affect people. To paparazzi and tabloids looking for a cheap sell, to trolls hiding behind a keyboard. Enough. Laura Whitmore speaking on her weekend show on BBC Radio uh, on Caroline Flack. And I think out of this, I think everybody in society 
social media or not, if you're on social media, if you're not on social media, if you're texting people, if you're phoning people, I think everybody has to be mindful just to be nice to people. And I know if, if you're ringing an insurance company and you have problems with an insurer and you are angry, uh, everybody understands at the other side of the phone that you know they might have messed up and they understand that. But this is more ringing in a place and taking your anger out straight away or ringing someone and being personal towards them and just being horrible to people. And there's no need for it. So it doesn't make a difference if you're on a phone, if you're texting, if you're on WhatsApp, if you're on social media. I think everybody's being asked just to be nicer and be more mindful because no one knows what everybody or what anybody else is going through. Anyhow... I think a change will come slowly now because there's big pressure on social media companies to tackle these people who feel they can hide behind uh, social media with false uh, outlines and, and, and false names and false addresses and that type of thing. Uh, we'll get back to that in more detail later on the show. But your thoughts are welcome. Do you agree? Do people now need to cop on? on the way we treat other people and have more respect let us know text or WhatsApp 86 and there's a problem again this week and this is in Whitegate with the Whitegate Regional Water Supply uh, where over 6,500 households again have been told to buy their water following problems with the water quality there it's the second time of course in the last few months this has happened we discussed it on the show numerous times and it's again affecting people this time around uh, we'll, if we've any more on that across the course of the morning we will uh, bring it to you on that particular boil water notice in East Cork a lot more too to get through but I want to go to East Cork next and hear what type of review should be carried out now for those who are living in the area but actually can't get a place in secondary school discussing that next Cork today on C103 Call Patricia with your comment 1850 A call has gone to Cork County Council to urgently request the Department of Education to carry out a review into the secondary school crisis that is facing East Cork Many schools are at full capacity and waiting lists are operating in schools across the region and newly elected Deputy James O'Connor joins me on this Good morning to you James Good morning. And first of all, James, congratulations on your uh, election. You're the youngest elected to Dáil Éireann uh, this time round. Uh, was it a surprise to, uh, on the first outing uh, to get elected? You know, I, 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 it was a huge honour. Um, it was, it was, we put in a very, very um, good campaign and we worked very, very hard. And I'm, I was very humbled by the level of support just that we received through Cork East. Um, you know, it was a great day for my family and I, um, and, and you know, there's going to be a lot of hard work now that we're going to have to do over, over the coming months. Um, I look, it's looking very uncertain as to what's going to happen in terms of, of government formation at present. But um, certainly what I wanted to, to say, first and foremost, is my first radio interview after I got elected, is that uh, I'm deeply grateful to the people of Cork East, uh, North and South, um, who put their trust to me to represent you in Dáil Éireann, and I will do my utmost. And, you know, I'm the youngest member elected to the Dáil, I think, since 1987. Um, at the age of 22, I'm the baby of the Dáil, is, is the term. And um, that in itself is it's, it's a great honour, uh, and it carries great responsibility with us. Um, so I'm looking forward to the challenges that lie ahead, and uh, I'm, 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 I'm delighted to be speaking to which, which yourself this morning and, and County Sound and C103. So it's, uh, it's a huge honour. And James, when you speak there about the formation of a government, I mean, are you happy with the talks that are seemingly underway over the last few days? There's two talks here. One being ruled out that Fianna Fáil won't go into government with Sinn Féin. And then there's the talks of a grand coalition whereby you could have Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael and the Green Party or maybe a conflict and supply arrangement between Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil. It's, it's all up in the air at the moment. Uh, what, what would you like to see when it comes to the formation of government? 
Well, I suppose I've been quite clear from the outset that I would not be comfortable with any deal um, involving Sinn Féin and Fianna Fáil supporting Sinn Féin. And why is that? Because people voted for a change and they they might want Sinn Féin in government. So why would you not like to go in to power with Sinn Féin? You see, I don't have a mandate from the people to do that. Um, you know, when I knocked on doors, I was categorically told by, by Fianna Fáil supporters who've been voting for Fianna Fáil all their lives that they were not going to be happy um, if we were going to be sporting uh, Sinn Féin being in government, you know. And I just have, I have to respect the people that that, that, that that did put their trust in me to represent them. Um, it's exceptionally difficult. Um, it's you know the outcome of the election. I did say on the night of the election that it was a kaleidoscope in terms of the results of it. Um but we have to wait and see how that will play out. The parliamentary party of Fianna Fáil has made a decision that we will not enter talks with Sinn Féin. Um, you know, and we must just see how things go on from here. Um, look, I have full confidence in Michael Martin to go forward and to try and negotiate with the other parties. And we will come back then as a parliamentary party and we will discuss how we're, how we're doing in terms of that. And that will happen in, in, in the very near future, I would expect probably within the next 10 days that we'd have another meeting of the Parliamentary Party. But as for now, there was a democratic decision taken by the Parliamentary Party that we would not enter talks with Sinn Féin at this point. And are you happy to enter talks with Fine Gael and maybe the Greens? Well, we haven't agreed in terms of entering formal talks as a Parliamentary Party. Um, any deal has to be ratified by our members through an audit. Um, so there is there is a number of steps in this process. It doesn't just it just doesn't happen um, because because of a couple of, of, of quick decisions in a room. You know, this is a long drawn up process. It's going to take a very very long time. Um, I suppose I want to remind people back in 2016 after the general election, like it took a number of months before anything was agreed there in terms of the consensus supply arrangements. So we have to wait to see. I think Fine Gael's parliamentary party are meeting today. They'll be discussing. Um, their thoughts on it. We have to wait and see what they, what Fine Gael are going to say as well. So, you and know, do you think it could happen? Um, I wouldn't rule anything out. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't rule anything out. And I thought the most staggering figure that I saw from the weekend was that uh, that only fourteen percent of the population wanted another election. And I think that's going to put a lot of pressure on the likes of myself, who's here talking with you today, to make sure that the country does not have to go back to the polls again so quickly. Um, you know, we've, we've had a we just had a European election. Actually, for listeners in North Central, we have had a by-election in Cork. We just have had a general election all within the space of eight months. Um, so, you know, it's it, 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 it's been a very, very, uh, you know, the, the, the current affairs have been in the media here for quite a bit um, in the last year. So, you know, I don't know if another election is what people want. And certainly looking from the, the figures that came out over the weekend, you know, I think it's a, it is a wake-up call. You know, generally politicians... They don't seem to take notice of the polls, but for me, I, I did think that was the most interesting thing, one of all, that um, there, there seems to be no appetite for a second election. OK, well, we'll something I'm sure we'll come back to over the next number of weeks because nothing will be decided any, anyhow in the next uh, month or so if we go on the last time. But let's stick to the issue in East Cork. And the main thing here is, I suppose, the number of houses have been built in Middleton and Carrick too over the last 10 years, increasing the population as those now who are kids are, are facing the secondary school. You have the outer area areas as well who all feed into Middleton for school and more and more people because they can't afford to buy in the city areas are purchasing now in Middleton. There's a huge intake in the schools as it is. What is the solution here? I mean, does East Cork need another new secondary school outside of the one that's our plans uh, for Carrick Tool? Because more and more people are seemingly going to move towards the East Cork direction because of its proximity towards Cork City. 
That's right. So it's, it's multifaceted. Uh, there's a number of serious issues. But basically, we have to look at what the cause of this was. Um, there was a lot of young families that moved to East Cork and moved to places like, as well, not just East Cork in terms of the municipal area that I was elected to Cork Country Council, but they also moved to places like Fermoy and Mallow because of the proximity to Cork. Um, you know, we, we, we have a very, very young population. And what happens is that the Department of Education, really, they weren't taking into account uh, that factor in terms of the, if there was going to be huge pressure put on the system because of all the housing estates that were built, and naturally the young families that were moving there, um, that there was a lot of there was a lot of pressure being placed on local schools. But at present, what you have in, in towns like Middleton and in Carrigtool, uh, in Cove as well, in Fermoy and Mallow, now we found found during the kind of thing that there's massive pressure um, on the schools locally to accommodate students. In some cases, they can't. In Middleton, particularly, there's a, there's a kind of a, a there's a huge triangle of pressure there on Middleton down to Cove and up to Carrigtool, um, because of what happened there in terms of the the, the secondary school developments. That, that did not come in line as quickly as they were needed. But in addition to that now, um, there's, a, there's in excess of a 1,000 houses are planned under strategic housing development. You also have future planned development at Water Rock, um, outside of Middleton as well, which won't be coming in line for, I, I, I would I presume, for at least a decade. But at the same time, we need to start planning now um, for the secondary school schools that we will need to cater for the demand. Um, Y'all as well, which is my hometown, uh, it's expected that they're going to be reaching capacity within the next year or two. Um, so, you know, we have to recognise that enough enough hasn't been done to date. Like, I'm, I'm only somebody that's been elected within the last eight months to Cork County Council, and the volume of calls that I have received um, is absolutely shocking in terms of parents who are asking me, is there anything you can do to help? Um, and they're coming in case by case on their own. Not It's not organised. Um, but I've, I've dealt with dozens of parents who've been telling me that they're they're waiting, they're they're on, they're on the wait list, they're overplaced one hundred, trying to secure a place for their child in their schools, and in many cases they're not. They're forced to actually go to Cork City, um, and this is wrong. And what we need, and what I asked for, was a review by the department. They need to review their practices in terms of how they actually decide when it's necessary for them to step in and build a school to expand capacity, because. Unfortunately, what we saw with, Cork, with, with, with the with the department was when it came to carry tool, they simply were not up to standards in terms of providing our local authority in Cork County Council with the detailed plans that were needed in order to just to, 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 to facilitate the building of a school. You know, we saw that there was a there was a, po- a very poor submission to Cork County Council in terms of the school that they wanted to build in Carrigtool, the school campus that they wanted to build. And that's led to many of the problems we're dealing with now. So it's the fault of the Department of Education. They must admit that. I promised during the election that this is going to be one of the big issues that I did want to work on. Uh, but what we need to see here now from the outset is the departments are going to step in and actually provide the school places that are necessary. And just want to go back to what you said there about the need for an additional secondary school. I've been working quite closely with uh, with Roger Myers and, and his team in East Cork Educate Together National School, um, who are now trying to get a secondary school built under that patronage in the Middleton in, in the Middleton area. So that's certainly something that the department and myself as a, as, as a newly elected TD would be hoping to try and work on uh, to see if that can be done because I do feel there, there is need for an additional secondary school in Middleton that's something the department should take quite seriously Surely James though when you blame the departments the planning side of things and the Cork County Council needs to be looked at as well because if you're planning for all these houses and you're allowing developers to build these houses what's going to follow is infrastructure and the infrastructure didn't follow for all these houses so while more are being planned for Middleton surely 
well the planning and the uh, the planning authorities, the planning departments and the Department of Education and everybody else needs to work together. So when there is a massive housing estate being constructed, you have everything in line to follow. That hasn't happened in the last 10 years. So surely we'll learn from our mistakes on this one. I wish you were right in what you said there uh, because it sounds it, it, that that's the way it should be done. Mm. Where well, it makes sense to be done that way. Together. It does, and I agree with you. But what happened in 2016 is, or I think it was 2017 actually, there was a new piece of policy in, um, created by the government called Strategic Housing Development, which basically bypasses the local authority um, in terms of the first stage of the planning. You're looking at documents like the County Development Plan, which I suppose the local area plans as well, which are all, all being merged in now as part of the County Development Plan process where you ensure that there's, secure, that there's sufficient infrastructure in the local area, there's enough land zone for education and for other facilities. But because of the strategic housing developments, those local amenities are not being built to the level that they need to be done. They're not, they're, they're not being, they're not, the, the pace has not been kept up in what, need, what needs to be provided. And I, I can tell you, even with, with residents in Cove recently, there's a lot of housing developments are planned there in the town around Bally Leary. Um, and people there are seriously worried. They want sufficient, um, they want sufficient, I suppose, infrastructure, school places. They want to know that they want to have access to GP practices that they won't put under too much pressure. They can't have these strategic housing developments. So the local authorities, to some degree, are being bypassed. And when it, the local authorities, I mean your local representatives, your local county councillors are on the ground trying to tackle this. So that's something that the next government will have to look at. There's something I'm going to be pushing on quite strongly because I, I do think that to a certain degree they are quite undemocratic because if you're locking councillors out of the room uh, in terms of the decision-making process, you're locking out the local voice in terms of, of, of people who want their say and what they feel needs to be delivered as part of that. And like, you know, with, with the Carrie development, like the drawings were not submitted by Cork County Council, they were su- submitted by the Department of Education and they were not up to scratch. You know, there was a no- numerous discrepancy, discrepancies in the settings that were submitted. Um, you know, so like the department has to up their game in terms of what they're going to be doing. We know that Cork is, is in a very serious situation at present. Even, you know, we've, we've Cork is the biggest waiting list for special needs school places um, and has the biggest ASD population in, in Ireland per capita. And, you know, when you're looking at those figures, like I can tell you firsthand, as somebody who's worked on the ground as a local representative, we're not yet up to scratch. For me going in, I'm a man of solutions. I want to go and try and fix this. I've called for a review by, by, by the Department of Education uh, and Cork County Council as well. And, you know, we have a planning policy unit in County Hall. We're lucky we're one of the bigger local authorities. In, in a lot of senses, they can create problems that were so big. But in other ways, there, in other areas, there is there is actually benefits to that. And the planning policy unit, perhaps, is one of them. So you have you've a room, you have you've a floor in County Hall full of expert planners who could do a lot more in terms of providing uh, the department with the information that they require? So the department need to modernise um, how they gather their information on the population. They need to take into account the, the, the CSO figures from the, from the from the census on the age and the demographics of the population to ensure that no other area in County Cork ever has to go through what's going on in East Cork at the minute because it's a disgrace. It should we should not be where we are. It's been caused by poor political oversight. Um, today and for myself as a new candidate as a new candidate or as a new TD going forward it's something that I certainly do want to to, to work on and to, to, to try and find solutions to immediately because it's putting huge pressure on parents
You yeah, know, huge pressure. And, and indeed on communities because people are split. Up. People are split totally down the middle on their communities on where to go to school and some people are going to different towns now and then if you have somebody going to a different town they're not mingling with the people from that particular town so it does split communities. For the moment James I must leave it there but thanks for joining us this morning on the programme and we'll see and await what happens with the formation of a government but for now that is Fianna Fáil Deputy James O'Connor joining us from Yall on the situation in East Cork regarding the need for more places for secondary schools schools and all of it down to uh, because houses were built and infrastructure wasn't considered as you heard James outline there um, a lot of people coming in from other areas who have the same issue and for my Mallow also hi JP we have children here in Bandon who have no place for the coming year what are we supposed to do something we've discussed on the show as well whereby Bandon is also a town growing and there's been talks as well in Bandon of a need for some type of either new school or some type of coming together of schools to deal with the lack of places in Bandon as well well, uh, your views are welcome on that. And when we spoke to James initially about uh, the formation of a government, uh, many, uh, well, he said people want something done. They want somebody to form a government. They don't want another election. Well, a lot of texts and WhatsApps in on that. Uh, I'll, put, I'll send them up with one from this person who says, people voted Sinn Féin. We don't want Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael again have another election and Dermot saying similar saying we didn't want Fine Gael and Fine Foyle to rejoin I didn't think they ever would it looks like now they could but with the votes for the likes of Social Democrats up Sinn Féin and more surely somebody can form a government outside of Fine Fáil and Fine Gael because it looks like we will be left with those two again but we didn't vote for them uh, says Dermot your views are welcome text or WhatsApp 86 and why is there a surge in people buying gluten-free food, especially those who don't suffer from celiac disease? Discussing that next. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 86 92% of people who buy gluten-free foods don't suffer from celiac disease. A study from Safe Food found that many people wrongly believe following a gluten-free diet is a good way to lose weight. Well, Dr. Catherine Conlon is Director of Human Health and Nutrition with Safe Food and joins me. Good morning to you, Catherine. And thanks for joining us. Where did this misperception come from regarding gluten-free? Good morning. So there's been an increasing interest in these elimination diets in recent years, and these have been heavily supported by celebrities and the media. Um, And this has led to the perception that gluten-free diets are healthier and that they promote weight loss. So we're all familiar with the messages that are coming through from celebrities like Novak Djokovic, who says that his game has improved since he went on a gluten-free diet. Miley Cyrus advocating for everybody to eat gluten-free. Gwyneth Paltrow promoting gluten-free diets as leading to increased energy, weight loss and improved well, well-being. And so we wanted to look at this, what was happening, what the consumers' perception in Ireland around these products were like. So our research of 2,000 consumers across Ireland, we found that about one in five of consumers buy gluten-free products and that more than 90% of them haven't been diagnosed with any gluten-related disease. So no gluten celiac disease, no gluten sensitivity. And also about one in five of consumers believe them to be either lower in fat or lower in sugar 
or that they're a better source of fibre and that they're a healthy way to lose weight. And the, this research has been found globally as well, a similar level, level of perception. And so there's this, there's this health halo effect that because they, these products are low in gluten, people also think that they're, they're, they're low in fat or low in sugar or low in salt or that they have more fibre. But the, the, the literature shows no consistent evidence that these products actually lead to either weight loss or to improved well-being. And I know a lot of people who, mates of mine who are uh, celiacs and do have to buy gluten-free food, they have no choice and they would love to buy every other type of food because they feel gluten-free food, and we all see it on the shelves, is more expensive and you can get other food at a cheaper price. Uh, So is that having any turnaround? Is it the fact that maybe these social media stars are promoting this food for the actual food producers themselves and then in turn people are going to buy them? Would that be one of the reasons why then? Well, these products were originally developed for, as you say, for people with celiac Mm. disease or for people with a gluten-sensitive disorder. But now we see aisles of these gluten-free products. They're in every supermarket. They're on the menu in every cafe, every restaurant. They're in the sports bar, you know, the cafes in in the gyms and the sports bars. And they're heavily endorsed by health gurus and by these celebrities. But in fact, in terms of celiac disease, about 1% of the population have celiac disease. So 20% of people are buying these, about 1% have actually got celiac disease. And that figure hasn't changed in recent years. Um, So celiac disease, as we know, it's an inflammation of the gut that that you get following eating foods which contain gluten, and this leads to bowel symptoms. Others are sensitive to gluten. That might be an additional 4, maybe 5% of the population. And we, we, we would say that it is extremely important that people with celiac disease or a gluten sensitivity eat a diet free of gluten but yet the market for these products is absolutely enormous in Ireland the market was 66 million euros in 2017 up by about a third from the previous year Globally, the market for gluten-free products is about $4 billion, and that's rising exponentially to about $6 billion by 2023. So the message is that gluten-free products are a really big business. They have an audience of people that are willing to buy these products, and they're heavily pushed by celebrities. And there's a market-driven industry here that's really fueling the sale of these products. Yeah, Gareth on text is saying, I am a celiac. He says, I've been gluten-free all my life. But because of this phase over the last number of years, it's given me more choice. So while it does annoy me to see people who don't need to buy gluten-free foods buy them, it's given me more choice on the shelves. However, the price hasn't reduced so much. So while there's a frustration amongst those who have no choice, it is giving them a choice then with more market and more brands available, I suppose, in a way. So that I suppose that is the the one advantage of this industry in that people who actually do need these products, there has the industry has really pushed the diversity of products that are for sale. And so, if you can, if you have to stay on a gluten free diet, well, you have more products. To, to choose from and so that that is good but when we one big part of what we were doing is we wanted to look at the actual nutritional content of these particularly the gluten-free snacks so we did a survey looking at about 67 on-the-go snacks all over the Republic of Ireland and as you know these supermarket aisles they're full of elimination diets now they're milk-free wheat-free nut-free and particularly gluten-free and we want to look look at these snacks, the nut and savoury snacks, the cereal and baked goods, and then the, the confectionery. And overall, our results found that three out of four of these products, they were highly processed. 
they're high in total fat or, or sugar and overall they're energy dense. They're full of calories and that can lead to weight gain. So in terms of calorie content, the calorie content is, is in many cases equivalent to, say, a standard chocolate bar, about 200, 200 calories per per um, per item or per serving. Um, but the other side of it is that for, we know from our dietary surveys that show that products that do contain gluten, so this is your bread or your pasta or your cereals, these are actually a very good source of fibre as well as energy. So we get about a third of our energy and all, all, almost half of our fibre from products that contain gluten. So if you're on a gluten-free diet, you're actually removing foods that are a very important source of fibre for your diet in a diet that is already too low in fibre. So low, And low-fibre diets are related to weight gain as opposed to weight loss in terms of they're also related to heart disease, diabetes, stroke. So the message is that unless you have celiac disease or you're diagnosed with a gluten-related disorder, this gluten-free snack industry is a really big business. It's an expensive waste of money and it should be avoided. And you mentioned sugar levels and calories there. Overall, gluten-free food, I mean, are the calories less or more in gluten-free? Well, this, these we're talking about these snack products. The snack bars, so the, yeah. So the message really is that, you know, they're the, 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 there's a perception that they're better than other snacks that are on the market. And in fact, they're not. They're, in terms of calories, in terms of levels of sugar, in terms of levels of fat, saturated fat, they're mm. similar to other snack products. So there's no change really from a normal snack bar compared to, to a gluten-free one from calories point of view in, or a fat point of view. point of view or from yeah. the nutritional content, in the, that there's a perception that, you know, if I take this gluten-free snack, if I take this protein bar, they're good for me. They're kind of, um, they're advocated by health gurus, by sports gurus, by celebrities. In fact, the message is that they're anything but. You know, if you want to take a snack, have a snack, but hmm. you don't don't be under the perception that a gluten free snack is going to be healthier a healthier alternative to you because it just isn't. Okay, well, we'll see if the uh, phase continues regarding people who aren't gluten free wishing to continue to buy those foods for the moment. Uh, Catherine, thanks for joining us this morning. That is Dr. Catherine Conlon there, who's Director of Human Health and Nutrition at Safe Food. And are you aware of that? Like those who are texting us there who have no choice but to buy gluten free food, even though, as they call it, it's a phase or a fad at the moment, it is giving them more choice on the shelves. Your views are welcome. 1850 333 103. Text or WhatsApp 086 2103. 103. More of your calls and comments on the way after a news update at 11 next. Good morning to you. Our lines are open. 1850-333-103. Bernie takes your calls and comments this morning. Or indeed, you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Uh, Patricia, hopefully all going well, will be back with us tomorrow. If not tomorrow, Wednesday, she has the flu, bad case of the flu. Uh, but thankfully, she's on the mend and she is due to be back with us uh, tomorrow uh, or Wednesday. But it's one of those cases of the flu whereby you are getting over it but you're zapped with energy and anybody who's had a bad cold or a bad flu will know uh, that zapping of energy whereby you feel you are getting better but then you have no energy to do anything so hopefully she'll be uh, back with us tomorrow on the show in the meantime your calls are welcome between now and 1 on 1850-333-103 and ahead we are going to discuss and hear about those teen talks that are taking place right across Cork over the next two months these are for teens who uh, maybe want to open up about either their mental health 
health or what we're hearing a lot more of is teens who are suffering from anxiety but aren't good to talk about it or open up to their parents about what actually is going on with them and this is to encourage them to open up to their friends to their loved ones to a parent or a guardian or an older brother or sister on what is happening and what is going through their minds so that they release their feelings rather than keeping everything hidden we're going to hear about those particular talks and where they are taking place shortly on the programme. And also, we're going to hear about a California man who has court connections. He ran across a number of states in America and now he's running across Ireland for rare diseases. We'll find out about why he is doing that and where his connections are from in Cork between now and midday. Keep your questions coming as well for Annalisa, who will join us after 12.30. And we'll be discussing the impact social media has on all of us following the death of Caroline Flack over the weekend. We'll be speaking to Noreen Murphy of Lishin's House, the counselling service on exactly... Uh, something we discussed before and why we all need to be kinder now on social media and when you hear of of more deaths from uh, abuse of the media the tabloid social media something needs to happen I think over the next while to deal with the abuse people are are, are seeing and just the, the trolling people are getting on social media but Another story that's making news and we discussed this at length last week and these are why or how drivers are being warned that speed vans and speed camera vans or go safe vans are now in operation in 900 new locations from this morning. Gardaí have located the cameras following a three year analysis of where crashes happen most frequently. Uh, there's over 100 I think coming here or in operation in Cork this morning but a number of calls and texts regarding this. First of all uh, someone has texted in saying I have heard we are getting a speed camera in Mills Street. Is it a fixed camera or a van? Well, I presume it's going to be the Go Safe vans that will be parked in a certain location uh, and it will move around every now and again. Usually there's signs up that will warn you uh, there's a speed zone ahead and there's, a, there's going to be a Go Safe speed van ahead on the side of the road. But on those particular warning signs, and we spoke about this as well on the show uh, last Friday. Brian doesn't agree with them. Brian says, why should there be signs warning people of a speed or go safe van ahead? It defeats the purpose. This means people will speed, then slow down when they know the speed camera or the go safe van is ahead and then they'll just speed off again. What is the point of all of that, says Brian? While Colin making a similar point saying, I don't see and why we need to have a website and this is the Garda website and if you go on the Garda.ie website you'll be able to, well it isn't really working at the moment, I think that could be the, the amount of people who are on uh, the actual website but there's an interactive map and it should show you the zones and the new speed van and speed camera zones across the country. Anyhow, Column says I don't know why they need to have a website telling people where the new gold safe cameras are. If people cannot drive to the limit of the required speed, then let them be fined. There's a speed limit there for a reason. If they break that, find them, says Cullum uh, to Bernie at 1850 And on the issue we spoke about at the start of the show, and this is on the death of Caroline Flack and basically how uh, people need to be kinder to each other 
whether it's in person, on the phone, by text, on social media, because we're seeing, it's always been in society, we've always had people, I think Twitter and Facebook and text messages have given people a platform. We've always had nasty people in society. And again, I'll say those working in the front line of various services would have come across them over the years. These people now have a platform due to social media. And I think we can see the nastiness that is out there now than we could ever before because of social media. Now the media are also to blame them. We have operations, tabloid operations in the media who will go after stories or clickbait stories uh, just to generate revenue for them or, or indeed maybe their bosses are putting them up to it anyhow. It's still being done and a lot of that may have to change because of what has happened over the weekend. But on this, your thoughts. First of all, Onya says, how many more people will have to die before people will stop? We have had many people before who have took their own lives, including children. People will march about this and that and yet the destruction of our young people by social media, nobody seems to feel strongly enough to put a stop to it. The media and all the clickbaiters won't be happy until they split Meghan and Harry up, again with the pure pressure from tabloids and trolls. What a sad society we are. The people have allowed this to be created. From today forward, I will not clickbait any celebrities as I am contributing to the media invasion by doing so. Let us, all of us, think of our actions before we go on the web, uh, says Anya. Good point, Anya. On WhatsApp to 0862103103. One Michael in Castletown Bear says, speaking about Facebook and Twitter comments, which people are being abused big time, with some very, very sad consequences by people with fake profiles. Likewise, those on the texting teams using fake IDs, fake names are doing untold damage. All texts should be verified as to the fidelity of the senders to hold them responsible. How many more lives will we have to lose before something is done? Texting has become mighty, mighty dangerous in the wrong hands with very sad, dangerous consequences, most times for personal gain, uh, says Michael in Castletambert on text 0862103103. Some of our views regarding that awful news over the weekend and how now people need to deal with the way they speak to people and deal with people, not only on social media, face to face or indeed texting as well, and how tabloid papers need to deal with how they report on stories or, as some would say, go after certain well known people or celebrities. On the election, and we spoke earlier about the formation of a government and what will happen and uh, it looks like now that it's going to be Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil talking this week maybe with the Greens and a lot of people at the start of the show were saying we didn't vote for that and I put that to the new uh, Fianna Fáil deputy James O'Connor for East Cork the youngest elected to the Dáil and uh, put it about change and what people want now everything is talking at the moment nothing has been confirmed and won't be for a good while Uh, but on the issue because he was saying he doesn't think there's an appetite for another election well Andy in your market says I don't believe anyone wants another election firstly it would be most likely that we would not see much change from the results but there is an onus on all parties in the Dáil to provide a government but it must be a stable government 
and not just one to make up the numbers, says Andy in Newmarket on text to 0862103103. And a lot of uh, people then this morning inquiring about this boat that is washed up in Ballycotton. Um, this is, now there's been a lot of work and inspection done on this over the last number of hours. Uh, this is a boat that was basically floating out at sea out in the Atlantic for uh, over a year at this stage and it got washed up with Storm Dennis over the weekend. And because of this, obviously people now are deciding that they want to go out and have a look at the actual ship uh, wreck, which is off Ballycotton, in the Ballycotton, Ballymacoda area. And at the moment, uh, the believes that the, the vessel itself, it, we're believed anyway, uh, most likely was diesel fuels, uh, which poses less risk of pollution than a heavy fuel oil vehicle. Now, the council doesn't believe this wreck is a risk to the special area of conservation within Ballymacoda and Ballycotton, but they are asking people to stay away from the wreck location as it is located in a dangerous and inaccessible stretch of coastline and also it's in an unstable condition the ship itself is in a very unstable condition but where it's located is dangerous so as many people are taking a trip to the Ballycotton area to have a look at this particular wreck you're being asked by the Coast Guard and indeed by Cork County Council stay away and the ship itself isn't in great condition and indeed the area where it is uh, isn't safe and I know a lot of people are down trying to take photos and that and what not for social media but please uh, you're being asked to stay away uh, because that isn't safe where it is and either is the ship anyhow some of your calls and comments 1850-333-103 text or whatsapp 0862-103-103 C103Jobs and on today's job spot, we have opportunities for a registered nurse required for night duty at St. Gubnett's Nursing Home in Ballia Gran. You can contact 063 for further details. Full-time food service assistant is wanted for a kitchen in Banaline. Experience in cooking and catering required. Send your CV to mike.osullivan at sedexco.com. And a cooking kitchen assistant is wanted for a restaurant opening shortly in the Mill Street area. Experience is essential. Send your CV and cover letter to sharkhull at gmail.com. You'll find these details and more jobs online now at c103.ie forward slash jobs. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Teen Talk is a series of events taking place in March and April across Cork. It's an important time for teenagers to talk to their parents and indeed their peers about issues that might be affecting them. Uh, joining me on this is Niall O'Callaghan from Cork County Council who were involved with the Teen Talks. Good morning to you, Niall. Good morning. Uh, first of all, we discussed in the show last week about how drugs were readily available in different parts of rural Ireland and indeed rural Cork. And we were speaking uh, to people who were involved in various programmes to alert young people on the dangers of drugs and why teens need to be open to their parents. This is similar, but more so on, I suppose, on a mental health side of things. We have seen a lot of teenagers of late who may be suffering from anxiety or more worried uh, from a different things affecting them it could be bullying it could be online uh, abuse and they're keeping it to themselves rather than opening up and telling someone it might be an older brother it could be a parent or, or whoever A lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states Learn more at UH1.com It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. 
You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Absolutely, and, and that's what these events are all about. You know, it's, it's helping us to learn some tools and techniques and strategies for you know for dealing with things ourselves, but also encouraging people to open up, to open up the conversation. Because you know, as we all know, sometimes a problem that we're talking about to ourselves for a while, just saying it out loud and saying it to a friend or a confidant can can alleviate the problem a huge amount. Uh, and this is aimed as what they're calling it a series of Gen Z or Gen Z evenings because Generation Z is what the teenage generation are known as now and, and they have in recent studies been found that they suffer from a severe anxiety and a lot of this unfortunately builds up because of social media and, and their looks because these days pictures go on Instagram they have to look a certain way and if your friend may be getting more likes than you on a picture on Facebook, you may think that then no one actually likes you. And that's the pressures that young people are facing today. Yeah, absolutely, as well as, as lots of other pressures, you know, and, and the pressures change, I think, from generation to generation. The, the teen talks themselves will, will help the students to learn student techniques, as I mentioned, just to deal with those. But then the, the Gen Z events are in the involvement of this event on last year. But this event is for parents, it's for teachers and, and all adults as such in just helping to understand the issues that are affecting teenagers at the moment and just to understand more because sometimes as adults we can maybe not be open to the conversation with teenagers or just close it down, probably just because we don't have confidence ourselves in discussing it with them. So, you know, this will help um, adults and parents and teachers just to understand a little bit more and, and encourage those conversations then a little bit more, just learning from the experience from from other parents and from other specialists as well in these areas, you know, particularly the areas of, you know, cyber tech, of LGBTI, you know, these are things that, you know, were not really mentioned, you know, 20, 30 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago. Um, but there are issues now that are affecting teenagers on a daily basis. Um, and we need to give them an open and safe space to, to discuss this. So um, it's important to empower adults and parents and teachers to just to learn more about these. Will the talks as well, will they get parents to open up more as in how can they get a child or a teen to open up more if they want to approach a subject? Yeah, well, I mean, we will have we will have some speakers on the evening, you know, giving their experience of, of how they, what they had to deal with, you know, with their, um, with their teenagers. So, you know, there'll be, there'll be large events as well. So, you know, we will have some specific people, you know, informing people about what they can do or how they can understand better. Um, and I think even just, just understanding an issue a little bit better helps to form the conversation that we're not starting a conversation from a protected place. 
um, that we're just open to just to be open to whatever the, the, the child has to say. And you mentioned there about every generation has faced something and that is right. So parents, why they feel they might know everything going on at the moment, they themselves, unknown uh, to themselves maybe, have faced this in their own time as a teenager, just on a, on a different level uh, than teens today are, are facing it. So they'll have some idea of what their uh, child or, or whoever they are looking after is going through. Mm, they will. I mean, it's, it's just about transferring that resilience really and um, and parents have been through they're all their own challenges in their times and it's, it's a lot of the time it's a similar tools and techniques that you would use just to, to deal with these issues but they are quite different issues these days. I suppose that the major difference as well would be the difference in social media and that that is quite a, quite a challenge and it puts everybody you know not just teenagers in a state of state of comparison uh, very often throughout the day and it opens up you know that everything that happens is, is recorded as such now um, and it's once it's on social media, it's, it's out there and it's out to a lot of people. Um, so that is one of the big differences, really, um, in just just being uh, aware of, of what's going on out there. And like while social media and technology is fantastic and it's great, it's, it's learning for us to control it rather than it controlling us. And now you've a number of speakers at these particular events as well who will concentrate on, on, on different kinds of, from social media to mindfulness. Uh, just tell us who will be speaking at these events. Yeah, so at the, the Teen Talk events um, for the students, um, Elaine Crowley from Virgin TV will be emceeing those. Um, we also have Jerry Hussey, who's a performance psychologist. We have Grace O'Rourke, who's a resilience expert. Graeme McCormack um, from Cork as well is a mindfulness coach. Um, and we'll also have Jennifer Barry from the Young Offenders coming along to one of our events as well. Um, so the evening events then, we have people who are more more involved in the areas of um, cyber and social media and in mental health and in LGBTI issues as well, just to help parents to understand those issues a little bit more. So people who are involved in LGBTI societies, we have some youth development officers, we have parents in as well. And we have some younger people as well who are entrepreneurs now in the cyber technology world who have the real the real insight on what's going on there. And the first one of these is happening in March, is it? That's correct. So the first one is in Charleville on Thursday the 26th of March. So the morning event is for the students, for transition year students, and that's being booked through the schools. And then the evening event is for the parents and teachers. So that's on from 7 until 8.30. Um, so we have another event then in Little Island on Tuesday the 31st of March and also on the West Lodge in Bantry on Thursday the 2nd of April. And tickets are free for all of these? They're absolutely free, but booking is essential for them. We do expect a lot of people to come along, so there there are booking registration available on Eventbrite just by searching Generation Z or Gen Z. People will find their free registration there. Well, I think it's a great idea considering uh, there, there's so much uh, news, I suppose, uh, over the weekend uh, following the death of Caroline Flack and why people need to open up now about their feelings or if they are facing abuse online that maybe some parents mightn't be aware of how the whole online uh, system works or it could be something totally different. It could be a face-to-face issue that people do need to talk and speak up and either they speak, as I say, to an older brother or sister or their parents. And it's great the way you have the students involved as well and in the evening session for the parents so it's, it's, it's hitting everybody uh, within the family for the moment. Niall, thank you for talking to us and best of luck with those events. 
Thank you. Well, that's Nilo Callahan there uh, joining us from Cork County Council involved with those particular events and as he mentioned the first one taking place in Chernobyl on Thursday March 26th 1850 lines open you can text on WhatsApp 0862103103 and all this week here on the show we're giving you the chance to win an Atkins uh, well with Atkins Karagahan and indeed in Herskvana we're asking you to figure out if you can Guess the last number of words in a song. If you can, you'll win yourself a Husqvarna hearing protection with built-in FM radio. And we have one of those to give away every day because Atkins are hosting a Husqvarna Autumn information evening. And that's going ahead on Wednesday, February 26th at the Oriel House Hotel in Ballincolic at 7.30. Admission is free and one lucky attendee will walk away with a free Husqvarna Autumn With thanks to Atkins, Carragahan Road, everything for the farm and garden bush. We are going to play a line from a song and the last number of words are going to be mowed off. This is today's song. Don't ring now. This is just to give you an example. We will do this though between now and one o'clock and we will then look for the correct caller. But this, uh, not doing this now, just simply uh, to give you a feel of what the song is today. So if you can figure out the last few words of this song because the lawnmower will come in and chop it up. We'll keep it in your head. Think you know for the lawnmower got to it? Uh, well, keep that in your head there. We'll play that again sometime between now and one. When we do then, you need to be the correct caller and you could win for yourself a Husqvarna hearing protection with a built-in FM radio. And that's with thanks to Atkins on the Carragahan Road. Everything for the farm and garden and ourselves here at C103. But on the way, we're going to speak to a man who, over the weekend, was running across Cork in Storm Dennis. He's run across a number of states in America over the last number of years and he is tackling Ireland this time round. Currently he is in the Charleville area heading towards Limerick and we'll speak to Noah Coughlin next who has Cork Connections. We'll find out more what are those connections next. Cork today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862103103 Now Noah Coughlin is running across the country. He started this weekend. He was in Cove and many areas of Cork Cork and he's running for Run for Rare. He joins me on the line now. I think he's in the Charnival area still. Good morning to you, Noah. Yes, good morning. Thanks for having me on the show. And thank you for joining us. Now, first of all, you had a wild weekend uh, to be out uh, running with Storm Dennis. Uh, heavy rain and heavy winds. How did the weekend go and, and where were you across Cork? Oh, man, it was, yeah, it was a, it was a rough start there with the wind down there by the harbour, uh, Cove Harbour. And made my way up towards... Uh, central center of Cork and then made my way up to um, Mallow and now up in uh, Charleville. And you ran from Cove basically right through to Charleville all weekend in the heavy wind and rain. Oh yeah, running, walking, you know, it's uh, it's cold so you got to keep moving. If you stop moving your, your body temperature slows down, cools down and uh, so no matter what you just go through it unless it's hurricane force winds you're, you're walking right through anything you can. And this isn't the first time you've decided to run across a, a country or a state. You've done this in America as well. And just tell us the reason, first of all, why are you doing this? Run for Rare is the name of the actual run. You're running for Rare's diseases. Uh, why, how did this all come about and, and why are you doing this? Well, this started, this started almost nine years ago. I grew up with two girls with bat disease. 
a very rare brain disease from uh, the Northern California area. And I want to do something big enough to, you know, reach the media, reach the government, reach, uh, you know, make some change with legislation, raise some money. Uh, there's a lot of ways to contribute. So I figured I'd run across America. I did 2011 from San Diego, Southern California, all the way to Jacksonville, Florida. Two years later, did it again from San Francisco to Boston, Massachusetts. And then two years later in 2015, went to New York City to San Diego and took five years off. And now here I am doing another country and a little special twist to this one. And what's the special twist to this one? Well, uh, so I always knew my grandfather was from the Cork area. I uh, never met him. He passed when my father was young. But uh, you know, upon further research, we knew he was from Bantry and uh was able to get uh, citizenship through descent. I have two sisters. They were able to get it as well. Uh, so I figured, well, why not? Why don't I run across uh, Ireland, do something special for all the families and children with uh, rare diseases? And it's a shorter run, but it's still a very tough run, as, as you know, with the rain. And you're teaming up here with uh, Bees for Battens and the Bumblelands as well, because I know there was pictures of you from Cove over the weekend uh, with the Bumblelands. Yeah, it's a, another interesting fact there is... Uh, one of the very first families to reach out to me back in 2011 was was the Heffernan family. And since then, they have grown their organization into uh, many different things, including the uh, Children's National Ambulance Service. So here we are nine years later on the fourth run, and I'm doing it as a citizen now of Ireland. And that's the, uh, that's the short version of the story. And where you, have you ever been to Ireland before? You know, I came here last year for about five days. And just scoped uh, scoped out the countryside, scoped out Galway and Dublin and Cork. But there's still many places that I I've yet to experience, including Bantry. So I'm yeah, just because making my way. you're making your way around. Because at the moment, um, when you spoke to us last week, we knew there was an Irish connection. You, you told us your grandfather was from Cork. We had the scart part, and we were thinking, was it in Cadollery? Was it in Milford? But then it cleared up this morning when you realised it was scart road in Bantry. So, uh, have you been to Bantry? Obviously, you haven't been to Bantry this time around. You'd, you'd like to go there though and see where your grandfather grew up and, and where his life was. I would, yeah, I would like to go there. I'd like to know if there's still some existing family in the area. Uh, we're still, we're still researching back into the late 1800s, early 1900s of of just who who my grandfather was and what his connection was. So if there's any other, uh, now forgive me if I say it wrong. Is it Cochrane? Cochrane, yeah. It's, it's Cochlin. pronounced Cochrane in the county of Cork, and in the city of Cork they'd say Colin. But as you're at Bantry, uh, you'd be Cochrane. All right, all right. I'll. Uh, I'll try to remember all of this. I'm, I'm, learning, I'm learning pretty rapidly the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the ways of Ireland here. But I'm very, very proud to be here. You know, everybody is uh, friendly, like the whole world says. Ireland's the friendliest place to be. And uh, I'm just fascinated by every single mile. I'm looking at different castles and landscapes. And uh, I'll, I'll be here for about a month, and I'm, I'll try to make my way down to Bantry. So currently now you're in Charleville, heading towards Limerick. Uh, tell us the route you're going from, from for today, so first of all. Well, I uh, I can't even tell you the road. I'm I'm going off of Google Maps, just the walking directions, going straight north up from Charleville up to Limerick, and uh, after that I'll be going as as far north as I can go, about seven more days to reach the, I believe it's the Derry Letterkenny area, mm-hmm. and then I go basically I think it's south west towards Galway, and then I do a straight shot uh, east towards uh, Dublin. And you'll finish up in Dublin? On St. Patrick's Day, yes. On and, St. Patrick's and, Day. 
And I, I wasn't able to do it the last two days, but I have an Irish flag, a three by five Irish flag that I will be flying. Um, I'll be carrying the whole way. And will, as you're finishing up on St. Patrick's Day, will you join the St. Patrick's Day parade in Dublin or be around there for that? Uh, I am planning on being there for the parade, if not part of the parade, but those details haven't been finalized yet. Uh, working with a few of the, the people out there, including uh, possibly people from the government, possibly people from the media. So it's, uh, it's a rapidly developing uh, plan right now. And when you finish up in, in Dublin, is the plan is to come back to Cork and visit Bantry? You know, I have about four to five days before I have to uh, get on a flight back to the U.S. So I'm, I'm thinking I might be, might be headed down there. And hopefully your listeners, maybe there's maybe there's somebody from my family there. That, that'd be pretty exciting. That would be. So just take us back regarding your grandfather again. When do you think he would have left Bantry and, and went to the States? So his ship, he left on the RMS uh, Republic out of uh-huh. Cove in 1904. 1904 he left. And he, at the time, they need to know if he was, was he married or not married? Oh, I'm sorry. He was, uh, no, he was 20, I think he was 20 years old. The, the, the dates are a little uh, unclear on, on his actual birthday, but I believe he was either late teens or early 20s. And I believe he left with his uh, sister. Her first name was Kathleen. And they obviously moved to America. Where in America would they have, have, have moved to or set up family? Well, he's first he... He went over to Boston, Massachusetts, and we, we believe he was there for at least at least 10 years. And then he went to New York City, and then I'm not sure how long he was there, but then he ended up in Oakland, California, and that's where he met my grandfather, or sorry, my grandmother. And they had two children, my father and my aunt. And just give me your grandfather's name there again. Uh, Miles. Miles. M-Y-L-E-S. Well, somebody somewhere listening might know of Miles Coughlin, who are some of the family of Miles Coughlin, and maybe a Kathleen Coughlin who were living in Bantry and would have, like so many, left Ireland at that particular time. So if anybody is listening and knows of a family, now there's a number of families would have left Ireland at that time and, and moved away. Um, so it wouldn't be uncommon, but maybe somebody somewhere can help you know. If they are, they get on to us. We will pass details on to you if that would be okay. Yes, thank you very much. That'd be that'd be a great help here. Well, hopefully they will, and, and they kept the Coughlin name throughout the, their time in the states. Did it change or anything? Did the pronunciation change? And America, the Americanized version of it is that there's quite a few Coughlins, uh, oh. different different spelling, but we we pronounce it Coughlin in the United States. So Coughlin is the way that it, it's it's same spelling though, is it, or is it did it have to change it up? Same spelling. My oh. ha- my my last name is C O U G H L A N. Some some in America is I-N, uh, but that's, it's pronounced Coughlin. So this is this is new to me. Like I said, I'm uh, I'm enjoying every second of being here in Ireland and learning learning different things. And you enjoying that? You we mentioned the scenery there and the way people are. You enjoying the way people speak to you? I know when I was speaking to you at the weekends, even the the differentiation of of pronunciation of Coughlin from in one part of Cork, it's Colin, and I think you visited the pub over the weekend, the famous bar uh, on South Douglas Street, and then you have Coughlin. Those small type of things do they fascinate you? The way that in a small country, in a small area, uh, people change their pronunciations and even the, the various accents that we have across the country. Oh yeah, absolutely, and I've only I've only experienced a small part of the country so far. So it's, I mean, it's a lot of things are different here in Ireland. Uh, drive on the other side of the road as opposed to the United States. Uh, things are uh, distances in kilometers as opposed to miles. Temperatures in Celsius as opposed to Fahrenheit. So I am uh, 
constantly learning and constantly uh, taking notes. And you need all those kilometres and temperatures, of course, to know where your your next journey will be or, or, or how far you are to your next destination. Uh, Noah, I know you're on the side of the road there, so I'll let you go and head back. Uh, best of luck on your journey and we'll stay in touch with you over your journey. And maybe when you come back to Cork, to Bantry, we'll hook up with you again and somebody somewhere uh, might know your grandfather or hopefully you have family still somewhere in Bantry or cousins or somebody anyway. Yes, thank you. Thank you for the time. And if anybody wants to get involved with the uh, with the charity efforts here, they can text STAR, S-T-A-R, to 50300. That's going to help Bumblance uh, buy some fuel for their fleet of ambulances to help the sick children here in Ireland. And if they want to find out how you're getting on by way of your journey, you can go for to the website. You have a blog there on runforrare.org. You'll get all the details there and picture of Noah as well uh, on his journey. Or indeed, text star to 50300 for Bumblins. For the moment, uh, Noah, best of luck on the journey. I know it's getting wild again there and you're getting heavy rain in Charleville at the moment. So best of luck and we'll stay in touch. Thanks, Noah. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Noah Coughlin there uh, from California. Bush, at the current period, he's in Charleville running to Limerick. He's run across Cork over the weekend now he's going from Limerick as you heard uh, up north and that's where his journey will take him uh, hopefully to finish in Dublin on St. Patrick's Day but if anybody can help him out because he's planning after he finishes this run for rare uh, which is for a rare diseases and the majority of the fundraising here will go towards the Bumbleands here in Ireland he's done it as well in the States but there is a core connection because his grandfather, as you heard, is from uh, Bantry. So if anybody can help us out with that because he's planning to come back to Bantry uh, after his run. Uh, Miles Coughlin, who would have left Bantry in 1904, had a sister called Kathleen that would have been in their early 20s when they left to go to Boston. Uh, if anybody knows of them or maybe their still family in Bantry or cousins, let us know. And uh, when he will we'll hook up with Noah throughout his journey, uh, but when he comes back to Cork, we'll have a chat with him and maybe we can locate the families it would be great to have him meeting his family either in Bantry or somewhere in Cork anyhow um, and they might be after moving from Bantry they could be somewhere else anyhow if you know uh, let us know 1850-333-103 text or whatsapp 0862-103-103 something that we won't get to on today's show but we will discuss tomorrow and it's uh, Guinness are being hit by a lot of anger because they have now revealed they're going to sell Easter eggs but they're Easter eggs with one powerful anti-alcohol body has described them as a move against children because these Easter eggs obviously they're Guinness Easter eggs they do contain some type of alcohol in them uh, but Alcohol Action Ireland described them as a bad move uh, especially for children they're I don't I presume they're on sale in the same place they seem to be anyhow in the same location in the supermarket as the other type of uh, Easter eggs non-alcoholic Easter eggs but uh, the dark chocolate egg comes in a pack with the Guinness name and logo displayed on the front and includes Guinness chocolate points, which the pack states contains 5% of Guinness beer. Now, it is being uh, angered because they feel it is targeting the advertising of uh, drink products towards children. Uh, but the owners of Guinness, Diageo, they have said the Easter egg is licensed by it, but insisted that it is designed and positioned as an adult offering and it's not designed to target children. Anyhow, your views are welcome on that. Something we'll discuss tomorrow. Is it going too far uh, with uh, Guinness now selling Easter eggs? And I know a lot of people 
A war without power across the weekend due to Storm Dennis. Uh, ESB networks uh, have an hour storing power to over 2,400 homes and businesses across the country at the moment. So they were uh, busy here in Cork as well over the weekend. And currently here in the Cork area, the major outage uh, that we can see anyhow is in the Carrigaline area still where a number of homes are affected in the Carrigaline area by an ESB outage. And ESB are working on that particular outage but overall uh, the majority of homes and businesses have uh, been uh, restored at this stage in the Cork area On the way we are going to discuss and chat about why we all now need to um, behave and indeed need to realise what we put online and how we speak and treat people online and this is coming on the death of Caroline Flack over the weekends and now there's calls for people and indeed social media platforms to change the way that you can have those online who are not verified who basically you know have no face have false names and the way they troll people and attack people online and why everybody needs to be careful and how a hurtful comment be that on social media on text or to someone's face can have an impact on that person's life we'll be speaking to Nori Murphy from Lishin's House a counselling service after after midday, plus keep your nutritional questions coming for Annalisa. She joins us after 12.30. You can call Bernie with those, 1850-333-103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 and your competition, your chance to win a Husqvarna hearing protection kit with built-in FM radio. Thanks to Atkins on the Carragahan Road, everything for the farm and garden. That on the way. Your nutritional questions for Annalisa are welcome. Annalisa joining us just after 12.30. You can call Bernie at 1850- 333103 text or WhatsApp 0862103103 if you have a nutritional question for Annalisa I know a lot of them coming in regarding people who have sinus problems or chest problems over the last week or so and we'll get and get to those as well with Annalisa but if there's anything else get that into us and we will ask her just after 12.30 this afternoon. Now a lot of comments and first of all on the government and what could happen with the formation of a government in this country. First of all let's go to text and on that and this text is saying uh, I'm more interested in the well-being of the people of the country than in which politicians but I do vote in the interest of the people of the country. And I've been listening to the media all through this election and I feel the younger people voted Sinn Féin because they are angry with Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael which I don't blame them for, but I think they don't realise the damage Sinn Féin would do to the country if they got to lead. Sinn Féin have no experience of the complications involved in running the country and they certainly cannot keep the promises they made during the election. They're not realistic, but the younger people don't see this Sinn Féin this person feels that Sinn Féin will destroy the country full stop and the younger people are the ones that will suffer most. It says that particular texter, while Pat saying, uh, looking at the harassment inside of things we were speaking about earlier, Pat feels that Sinn Féin have been harassed in this particular election campaign and we are getting it from Fianna Fáil now and also the media. It's nothing short of a disgrace, uh, says Pat, while Ed in Manway says... Only 25% of people voted for Sinn Féin. 75% didn't, if you look at it that way. So really, did we vote for change, says Ed Indermanway. And Michael 
says on the government formation and those who are looking for another election I think that the President could not allow that as there are numbers there to give us the government. I don't think that the Constitution would allow another election but I may be wrong but time will tell. It might not be what some people wanted but it's what they voted for. You have to respect the ballot box uh, says Michael on WhatsApp to 0862103103 some and calls and texts in relation to the election and the formation of a government which is still underway and could be underway for a long, long time to come. And now we spoke earlier there with Noah Coughlin who is running for rare. He's running across the country for rare diseases here for bees for batten and indeed for bumbulance. And he was currently, when we spoke to him, just outside Charleville heading towards Limerick. Across the weekend he had ran from Cove into Cork City up onto Mallow and from Mallow to Charleville where he is today and heading towards Limerick he'll get as far as Letterkenny back down to Galway and then cross to Dublin but we were also chatting to him because his grandfather initially we weren't too sure where the grandfather was from in Cork we knew there was a Cork connection we thought it was North Cork but no his grandfather Miles Coughlin was born on Scart Road in Bantry and many saying it was just Scart in Bantry maybe where his uh, grandfather was born anyhow all of that has come together. A lot of people since we spoke uh, to Noah because uh, Noah's plan is when he finishes this particular run on St. Patrick's Day in Dublin he then is going to spend another four or five days in Ireland and come to Bantry and hopefully here in Cork he can meet either cousins or some of the family members of his grandfather. Uh, So Miles Coughlin uh, is his grandfather's name and thank you to a number of people who have been in touch over the last uh, few minutes with details of the family, people who think they're related to Noah, uh, people, and one person, the thank you to Francis Cronin, who heard Noah speaking. And uh, Francis is a historian, a, a history researcher, and uh, it tells me that Miles Coughlin was born in Scarton Bantry on the 3rd of May, 1885, and is willing to help Noah. So thank you for that, Francis. We'll pass the details on to you for Noah as well, and hopefully somewhere along the line Noah can meet some of his family if they are in Bantry still at the moment to be a great end to that story if he can speak and, and find his family originally from Bantry who left in 1903 or 1904 and went on to live in Boston and then on to California and hence where Noah and uh, his siblings come from. Anyhow, uh, thank you for all your help regarding that. Uh, also, keep your questions coming for Annalise and a number of them coming in. Very shortly, we are going to speak um, with uh, Lishin's house and that's Nori Murphy uh, on the sad news over the weekends uh, regarding Caroline Flack and Anthony saying very sad news about Caroline and lovely lady, be nice to others as well. All of us go through something in life and that smile could help someone or just their kindness, says Anthony. How true, Anthony, you are. And the reason we're speaking to Noreen is about the way that all of us speak to each other, text each other, how we conduct ourselves on social media and what rules need to be put in place now for social media and how they conduct. I mean, a lot of fake accounts, a lot of uh, people claiming to be other people, a lot of people with no false names, no faces online, and yet they think they can uh, say different things to people, whether they're celebs or not celebs. And that has a big impact in people's lives. Also, the way people 
treat each other uh, maybe they treat people who are celebs or maybe they just, just treat their neighbours and their friends and how they can send horrible texts and how that can have a negative feeling towards the person who's on the receiving end anyhow we'll speak to Noreen from the Shins House very shortly on that and also you could be winning yourself a Husqvarna hearing protection kit with built-in FM radio. That's all to come between now and one. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. And Bandon Flower and Garden Club, they present a gardening talk by Coleman Power. That's going ahead tonight in the Munster Arms Hotel starting at 8 o'clock. Visitors and new members are very welcome. The Blood Transfusion Board, they will hold a donor clinic in the West Cork Hotel in Skibbereen. That's going ahead from 5 to 8.30 this evening. And the Cardiac Support Group in North Cork will host Ruth Burton or Ruth Bruton even and she's going ahead there tonight at 8 o'clock in the Mallow Daycare Centre she will give a presentation on the Irish Community Rapid Response Helicopter Service tonight as part of the North Cork Cardiac Support Group meeting in the Mallow Daycare Centre from 8 o'clock and a senior social will be held in Donnerill Golf Club that's going ahead on Sunday 23rd of February from 2.30 to 6 places are limited so please book your place by contacting Margaret on 087 685 3898 and the Irish Wheelchair Association would hold a fundraising coffee morning in the Hibernian Hotel in Mallow. That's going ahead on Thursday the 20th of February from 10am to 12 noon. And all proceeds here go towards the purchase and maintenance of transportation for people with disabilities throughout North Cork. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And somebody on text, uh, two texts actually. First of all, are you talking about the new locations of the speed vans? We have done a lot of that last week on the show. And again, we discussed it earlier this morning. And I can see the same person has texted in regarding Mill Street. And we did answer that earlier. Uh, I'm not too sure who's telling your information, but if there is a speed van or speed camera, go safe. Uh, camera going to Mill Street uh, well it will be in place now there's no such thing as fixed cameras in Ireland as yet they are actually in a van in a go speed van um, so that's what if there is one coming to Mill Street as you were hearing I'm, I've checked the Garda website they're actually not giving the exact locations as yet uh, they are giving an interactive map as they say uh, but I don't think that actual map is, is working just due to the level of people going on checking uh, the Garda.ie website this morning but if you're worried about fixed cameras what will be more likely if there is a go safe new speed zone in Mill Street it will be one of those go safe vans and that will be parked in the road as an, on the side of the road and usually beforehand there will be a sign and that sign will tell you if there's a speed uh, van ahead or not. It'll be just, you know, those signs on the road with the, the camera on them, the small signs. Um, so for that person in Mill Street, if you are getting it, you're getting the Go Safe van. Uh, but no mention of fixed particular speed cameras, but of the Go Safe vans, that is more than likely what uh, it, there is going into Mill Street. Like there's in so many other areas uh, of the county and indeed uh, of the country as well. And so many roads have those speed cameras, vans. And where, as we heard from last week, a lot of mixed views on the speed vans but this morning on the show different type of views from people who feel there should be no warning there should be no speed 
warning signs on the road. So those signs I spoke about with the camera, that they should not be there. Two callers this morning felt very strong about that, that they should not be on the roads and if people can't keep to the speed limit, well then uh, they should not be on the road or they should be fined. It's what one caller said earlier. I think it was Cullum who said if you can't uh, keep to the speed limit, well and then you should be fined. Anyhow, your views are welcome on that. But for Mill Street, uh, that's what we have. Probably that particular van uh, will be there if you think it is going to be there. I can't verify that because their website isn't working, but uh, I would imagine they'll go, the, the new speed zones, if they do include Mill Street, to go say a fan will be there now. All this week in the show, we are giving you the chance to win with Atkins, Carragahan Road and Husqvarna. We've got Husqvarna hearing protection kits with built-in FM radio to give away every day. Atkins are hosting a Husqvarna Automower information evening and that's going ahead on Wednesday, February 26th at the Oriel House Hotel in Banning at 7.30. Admission is free and one lucky attendee will walk away with a free Husqvarna Automower. Well, thanks to Atkins, Carragahan Road, everything for the farm and the garden. Now, we're we're going to play you a line of a song and if you can figure out the words mode out of this song be caller 9 now to Bernie 1850-333-103 what words have we mowed out of this song Did you get it? Well, if you did, 1850-333-103, caller 9, you'll win yourself that Husqvarna hearing protection kit with built-in FM radio with thanks to Atkins, Carrigan Road, everything for the farm and garden. Now, sad news over the weekends and uh, Saturday evening, uh, the breaking news came to us uh, of the death of TV presenter Caroline Flack. And a lot of people over the last few days are reflecting on the way the media and social media treated her especially over the last six months, it just has opened up a debate on how we all treat each other face-to-face, by text, and particular on social media. Noreen Murphy from Lishin's House a Counselling Service uh, joins us. Good afternoon to you, Noreen. Good afternoon, John Paul. Uh, Noreen, this is something we've spoken about before and something you have seen firsthand and how everybody treats each other in today's society. And I suppose a lot of us now are on social media. We can hide behind social media by putting up false profiles uh, with no face and then deciding to abuse somebody who might be in the public limelight or someone who could be a friend of yours. But when we do something like this, Noreen, whether it's a text, whether you say something to someone's face, no one knows the impact that can have on someone. And we can see firsthand from, unfortunately, Caroline Flack taking her own life at the weekend. And a lot of people put it down to the pressure she faced from tabloid media and indeed those on social media. Um, yes, John Paul, like, um, we've, like, obviously, Lichine's um, House runs a helpline to such um, prevention, but we do get a lot, a lot of calls. And particularly a lot of calls from parents um, that um, online, like um, social media is is here and it's here to stay. Um, the world has changed and it's very, very tragic what happened to Caroline. And as I say, we do get a lot of calls about um, their children um, dealing and how to deal with their use of the internet and social media. Like, I mean, these programs like Love Island are fine, but, you know, it's a huge influence on our young people and they all want to, you know, become like the people that are in these shows. And young people are under increased pressure. Um, We just, you know, people, 
as you say, um, things have changed. It is actually bullying. Um, you know, you know, it, things have changed uh, with the with social media, and we're playing catch up really. And like, there's lots of pluses and minuses, but bullying is a minus of social media. And it's like long ago, if you had an argument with somebody in school or whatever, you had your argument, you went home, and there was no more about it. You didn't even have to tell your parents if you didn't want to. But now there's so much thing. There's so much can be done online and in the in a bedroom. You can never, if somebody decides to to be nasty to you, there are so many ways now that it can be done. Um, online and it's uh, something that you might never be able to get away from because we all are addicted to our phones in some respects I mean no matter what age group now and even the older uh, like people have their smartphones and it's very difficult to put it down it's the way life has changed dramatically and like the pressure that people are feeling if something is is bad is said about you and the way it can ripple through a school and a community your workplace which can uh, negatively affect somebody very very badly and we've I have seen this and I have heard about this from from people that have approached us because um, they're, they're they're having anxiety and panic attacks they don't want to go out and this has happened that has happened loads of people know about it and it's how to deal with that and and how to use the internet safely and social media and it's not within our power I mean we, we have no control if somebody goes out there and says nasty things like what happened to Caroline was you know whatever happened I don't know I didn't know anything I didn't really know Caroline anything about her until she actually died because I don't watch these programs but I know that the younger generation are under massive massive pressure to 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 actually want to be like these people, and then when it goes bad, when it goes horribly wrong for them, you see they shot up to fame, but fame and um, their overnight successes, and then it, it can be whipped away from them, and like mentally to cope with that pressure of negativity about you the whole time on social media. I mean, it is probably, you know, impossible to deal with for a lot of people and a lot of people will have to seek help to deal with it, which we have seen. Yeah, and you're quite, quite right there saying that for, you know, every time you open your phone you see something negative about you, it's very hard to take. It also, Noreen, outside of the celebrity side of things, you mentioned there the school gate uh, and before you could leave things at the school gate, for all of us now, you could leave an argument somewhere else but it follows you on. The way people talk to each other, I mean, if if somebody might feel something about somebody nowadays, they could easily text them. You don't even have to be on social media. They could send someone a horrible text. And that really can affect someone's move that evening. And you don't know what that person's going through either. I mean, I've always said here when we have new staff training into the radio station, they're newly on air. And they're getting used to everything and they'll make mistakes and all that kind of lark. And maybe people mightn't like them because they're new and, you know, they grow to like them. But mm-hmm. you will see the odd time some nasty texts coming in. And you'd love to remind people that, OK, this person's new, they're training in, but they're young. And this is for someone to say something horrible to them and they see it in black and white in front of them in a screen. I instantly, because usually one of us would be training them in, I instantly can see their whole face change and their demeanour just collapsed in front of them. And it's just awful because they leave and you don't know what way they're going to take that when they go home. So it's for all of us to be kind, whether you're exactly. on text or on social media. 
Exactly, because like none of us want anything, people to say bad things about us. You said people are training, give somebody a chance. I mean, you know, I know, you know, on radio, they have to get used to new presenters and people taking over if people are sick. But like, there's no need to be nasty. I mean, um, you only treat people like you'd like to be treated yourself. It goes back to mm. the very basics. And, I mean, there's um, there's just simply no need for it. And, I mean, it's very easy to sit at home on your phone and send someone a nasty text. It's way easier to send a nasty text than to say it to somebody's face. You know, I mean, and then, you know, the effect that would have on that person, as you said, we don't know. And I mean, what's the, you know, why be so nasty? I mean, you know, just think about what you're doing before you do it. I mean, there is more good people than bad people and there is more, there is more good in the world than bad. But unfortunately, sending that one nasty text, as you say, or saying some horrible things about somebody or to somebody, there's no need for that. I mean, if you want to say something to somebody, I always believe just say it to their face. Yeah, and you, you know? can t- argue yeah. it out that way. And exactly. do, do yourself, you mentioned there getting calls to your own service in Lishian South. I mean, did you feel that over the last number of years you, you were getting more calls about the way people are treating each other? Are we kind of... Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's an increase, um, like young people, like we've given talks on cyberbullying and there's um, there's an increase of parents looking for help. I mean, what age do you give your child a smartphone? Like they're open to, a, 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 the world is at their feet, you know, is at their feet with this smartphone. But also there's a lot of negative things that can um, come into your child's life that they won't be able to handle. And I mean, the one thing we say to people is when they contact us is if you if you get something that you're uncomfortable with and you're not happy about, you tell somebody else. I mean, you just tell your parents or a friend or whatever to tell somebody that. And, and if you feel that it's 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 got it's going on and it's and it's not stopping, I think really people need to to make a formal complaint they need to complain to Facebook if it's a text message obviously they might have to go to the guards if it's continuous but I think that the one message um, that we give is you tell somebody do not keep it to yourself open up about it and talk about it because it's you can't deal with this on your own um, so you need to be open and to talk about it and and people people shouldn't support like people should complain to Facebook and Twitter and all the forums uh, if they're if they're allowing this negative stuff this negative stuff about somebody on their forums we have to kind of like we have to really act on it as well to to enforce that pe- you know people can't behave like this and 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 the forums have to act as well and, you know, because there is vulnerable people out there. And like if you're being targeted in your own home or in your own bedroom every single night with nasty texts and nasty stuff on, on, on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram about you, like you, you really, you really, it could drive you it, and it can drive you to suicide as what we have seen. Yeah, it's awful. And I mean, as a, as a society, it's, it's terrible. It's, it's so sad. Yeah. It's so yeah. sad. I mean, are well, we as a people getting here. worse? I mean, are we, I mean, they, I, I suppose so. the forums were always easier, there. It's easier to be nasty you know, on, uh, online and by a text message. I mean, it seems to be very easy for people to do this. But as I say, like, you know, you report it. And I think reporting it is, is, is very, very important because they will be bringing, they're, they're going to have to legislate for this because it is, it is you know, affecting people's mental 
mental health badly, their ability to function, their ability to go out. I mean, and ultimately, um, you know, poor Caroline. And she, it has happened before in Ireland. We've heard lo- lots of cases about teenagers that were simply so bullied that they took their own life. And it, it can be, it can be texts, it can be a combination of all the forums. So if somebody is sending you nasty tests, nasty texts, no matter our phone calls, anything, I think you have to report it and to protect yourself because nobody has the right to abuse you because it is bullying. I mean, nobody has a right to do that to another human being. You would hope it's only about 20% of society are the ones that continue to do this and continue to hurt people in this country. I would like to think that the majority of people are nice, but I think you're right. I think because of all the various uh, new websites we have and new social media sites we have over the last few years, while nasty people were always here with us, I think they have uh, new ways of targeting people now. And Noreen, thank you very much uh, for your advice on that. If people do need help, if people are listening, you run a helpline there just give us the number there um, we do our helpline is 023 and it's 78 so after that 88 ok Noreen well, best of luck to you and, and the work you do there in Lishin's house and thanks Thank for joining us uh, this thanks afternoon Noreen Murphy there from Lishin's house of course who are a community a mental health matters organisation uh, with counselling and trained support there uh, in their particular services now and they're expanding right all over Cork and their number 023 and 78 after that also uh, Peter House run a service as well you can contact them on 1800 247 247 or the Samaritans on 116 and I'm sure we'll have a lot more discussions about how everybody treats each other in future regarding uh, either it's uh, face-to-face or indeed on text or social media. On that, a text was saying, regards to those bullies, there should be consequences uh, for the bullies. A court case, a name and shame them, uh, says the particular texter. While Marie says, there are so much negative comments on social media, it's so, so sad. Even on my newsfeed on Facebook, I find it dreadful, the whole negativity. I've reported some of the newsfeed to Facebook because it's just too much. Bullying needs to be tackled full stop. Uh, I feel so sorry for young people today, uh, says Marie on text. And on other issues coming into the show, first of all, to do with governments and government formation. Barbara says it is all very well to say Sinn Féin have no experience but how did Michal Martin get his experience? Where did he get it from? He knew nothing when he started either so he only learned on the job so Sinn Féin should be given a chance. Barbara hopes they do get a chance while Anthony says Sinn Féin will not be in total power so this nonsense that they would destroy the country is unfounded as there will be a coalition with other party or parties and their policies would be incorporated into a coalition. Not talking to Sinn Féin is undemocratic says Anthony on text and on speed cameras. A texter here saying we would welcome a speed camera and a van uh, in Knocknagree. The speed at times on the roads, it's like rally cars. They're testing rally cars. It's brutal, says that particular texter. Thank you for that. Keep your questions coming for Annalisa. She joins us next. You can text 86 WhatsApp on the same number or call Bernie 1850 333103. Record today on C103.
103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 103. And well done to our competition winner for today, winning herself a Husqvarna hearing protection kit with built-in FM radio. Thanks to Atkins, Carragahan Road, everything for the farm and garden. Well done to Eileen O'Sullivan from Keel North in Dernagree. Well done to you, Eileen. More chances to win tomorrow if you can figure out what indeed the song we were talking about with the lyrics mode out of it was... And Aileen guessing rule the world was the uh, finishing lyrics in that particular song. More tomorrow here at C103 with thanks to Atkins on the Carragahan Road. And speaking of ruling the world, and that of course was uh, Tears for Fears, Marie uh, saying no matter who goes into government, the people in this country will continue to experience more hardship. Well, you have a I have a point there because no matter who goes in they still have the same money pot to deal with and figure that out so no matter what happens I'm sure somebody and most of us will still be trying to earn a living thanks to you Marie uh, for that on text now Annalisa Drizel joins us from the Health Hub in Balling Colleague good afternoon to you Annalisa good afternoon John Paul now a lot of questions in so we'll get straight into them this afternoon and uh, a lot of people suffering from sinuses and I'm going to sum one up by John who's saying uh, a very bad sinus over the last four to five days but a won't clear for me. I'm just constantly stuffed up and I then get a runny nose and then I get stuffed up again. Any idea how I can release this? So one of the best things to do if you're blocked up in the sinuses is to do a steam inhalation. So you uh, boil up the kettle and pour it into a bowl, get a towel and then put the towel over your head and over the bowl and inhale the steam up in through the sinuses. Now if you've got some Uh, tea tree oil at home or you can use oregano oil is wonderful as well and there is a blend called a breathe easy blend that you'll buy in the health stores which is a combination of oils that are very good for the respiratory system and sinus so put a few drops of that in there and the oils will get right up into the sinus passages and help to clear those so you might need to do that a couple of times a day and if you're worried about infection then the dr delish claire mucotone blend is very good it has a blend of herbs in there that will boost the immune system, but also will help dry up and clear mucus. So you could get that in a health shop as well. Take that three times a day. Okay, it's a WhatsApper here saying, uh, my son has caught the mumps. He is in second year in college. Now, he has received all the vaccines, but he still got them. Any tips for treatment while having mumps and to build him up again after the mumps? Yeah, so the the, the mumps is a, 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 a viral illness, John Paul. So, Probably something like echinacea would be very good just to help the immune system do its fight and try and get rid of the virus quicker than normal. Um, A lot of the time when kids have the mumps as well, their appetite would be very low. So a nice tonic afterwards can help just give them a a bit of an energy boost. And I like the Kinder Vital is a very good one. Um, or the Floridix is another nice one that's very good for children. And I've often um, recommended the Nature's Plus source of life gold for adults as a tonic i call it the gold juice so there is a similar one for kids they do um it's called animal parade and it's a a great tonic for kids if their appetite has declined through being sick it's great for bringing that back up again and they do it in a liquid but they also do gummies as well which is very good for small children so you could try that to bring the energies back up again Okay, and Bernadette in Mallow wants to know anything about a therapeutic dose of vitamin C for pain. Does Annalisa know anything about this and can it be given via an intravenous? She is looking for help for back pain and this might help her. 
So I would say it's not going to work, uh, tr- truthfully. I'm not sure how vitamin C... Vitamin C um, and through IV is often used actually as a, a treatment for cancer, an alternative treatment for cancer. And there's very few people in Ireland will actually do vitamin C as an IV dose. I'm not... I've, I haven't read any studies or I haven't heard anybody ever get benefits from it for as a painkiller. It does work nicely as an antioxidant and as an anti-inflammatory. So in a roundabout way, it possibly might help with back pain, but I'd say you would be having to do a lot of IV vitamin C and a very slim chance of it working. Where people do take high doses of vitamin C, it's often to kind of boost the immune system um, and to drive out coughs and colds. And you can take a huge dose of vitamin C. In fact, you can take it in grams. Generally, what will happen, John Paul, is that your stomach, you'll get a loose stomach. You'll maybe start having to run to the loo a bit. Um, And that's a sign then that your system has reached capacity in terms of vitamin C. But some people could take up to 10 grams of vitamin C before that will happen. And it's perfectly safe. It's water-soluble, so it's not possible to poison yourself with it. Okay. And C in the city wants to know, what brand of vitamin B could you get that would go into your system but not go out during or out your bladder? Has Annalise any idea? Um, there is not really any, to be honest, John Paul, because the vitamin, the B vitamins, even from your food, regardless of from a supplement, when they're detoxified, they'll either they'll mostly leave through the kidneys, through the urinary tract. So, I, um, it may be that a non-yeast-based vitamin B complex would be more suitable in this case because perhaps it's the yeast that's irritating the uh, urinary tract. So you can get a non-yeast-based vitamin um, B complex. I know that the company called BioCare, they do one. Or you could try a vitamin B spray. Uh, they, a, a company called Better, they will do a vitamin B spray that you just spray onto the inside of your cheek. So the idea of it, that less of it will get into your system. However, once your bloodstream has, you know, starting to get rid of it, it will go through the kidneys. So if it's irritating, there will still be some irritation even with those. Okay, two questions here to do with high blood pressure. First of all, uh, this person asking, is there any natural remedy uh, for high blood pressure and to control it? Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple of things. The first thing I'd recommend, John Paul, is the DASH diet. It's spelled D-A-S-H. And if you go online and Google that, it'll give you how to go on that diet. Basically, it's a very, very low salt diet. So you're reducing the amount of sodium that's going into your system. But there are various different health supplements that can help. There is one called Cardio P, uh, C-A-R-D-I-O with a capital P. And this has got potassium in there, which often is deficient in our diets. And that's very good for helping manage and balance blood pressure. Magnesium can often help as well. So if you go into your health shop, there will be various different ones for the blood pressure that will be a combination of calcium, magnesium and potassium. Also, you could work from a more organic level by taking something like hawthorn and garlic, So hawthorn is wonderful for the health of all of the veins and arteries and capillaries. It helps keep them nice and flexible. And garlic is very good for thinning the blood. So it can help reduce the blood pressure in in a more organic way. And then for somebody else who was wondering about their blood pressure reading they got, it's 149 over 97. Uh, Would that be a high blood pressure reading? And and how would she deal with that? I presume something similar to the the other person. Yeah, so it is slightly high. Um, so the same advice would, would um, apply for that. Now, sometimes your blood pressure will go high. 
you know, a lot, they call it actually white collar blood pressure, high blood pressure. So when people go to the doctor and have their blood pressure checked, it often can be high just because they're anxious about getting their blood pressure checked. So the white coat blood pressure um, brings it up, the white coat of the doctor. So um, I think the best thing to do is to get a monitor and make sure um, that you wear that for at least 24 hours and get a bigger and more comprehensive picture of what your blood pressure is doing over the period of 24 hours. And if it's still high, then you could target it with diet and the supplements I just mentioned. Um, are Sometimes there's nothing you can do and you will have to take the medication. And it's important to address high blood pressure because there are risks of stroke with it. So it's not something that you you know, that you can just leave unattended for 12 months or more. Okay, Mary wants to know, what could I rec- or what could you recommend for cramps in her legs at night? She has polyomyalgia and she's on steroids as well at the moment. Uh, any advice for her? Yeah, so polymyalgia is uh, pretty common actually, John Paul, and mostly among women, and it really means multiple pains in the soft tissue around the body. Uh, the cramps could be as a result of this, which are uh, which is an inflammation of the tissue, or it could be sometimes as well cramps are just down to a lack of magnesium. So the first thing I'd recommend is to take a magnesium supplement at night. You can also buy magnesium in an oil that you can rub in. And then if that doesn't work, sometimes um, the tonic water that goes with gin and tonic has, that has quinine in it, that can be very helpful for cramps in the legs as well. So try the magnesium first. If that doesn't work, try the tonic water with quinine in it. You need to make sure there's quinine in it. Um, and if that doesn't work, it's probably then more down to the inflammation of the polymyalgia. And in that case, you need something like a natural anti-inflammatory like high-strength turmeric or boswellia. Um, the omega-3 fish oils can work very well as, as a nice anti-inflammatory for polymyalgia as well. Okay, now WhatsApp are here asking any idea what to do after a reaction to a cleanser? Eyelids are swollen, the whole face is raised and bumpy. So there's obviously been an allergic reaction. To be honest, time is the only cure there, John Paul. You're, you, if it's very, very bad, maybe you could take an over-the-counter antihistamine from the pharmacy to bring it down. Um, but just, I would suggest not using anything but water on the face for the time being. Um, avoid putting any other products particularly any products with chemicals. But even natural products with essential oils might irritate the face at this time. And just use um, cold tea bags around the eyes. Chamomile tea bags are wonderful to bring down puffiness and swelling. So that might help speed it up. Okay, and I'll get to two more before we go. First of all, uh, is there any herbs, fresh or grounds that you can take if you're daily on aspirin? So most herbs would be okay. Um, You can take them all fresh, actually. Any herb as a food is fine. You don't really need to worry about that. It's when they've been concentrated in a tincture that they can react. The main worry about aspirin is that something might also thin the blood. And most herbs are fine, either dried or um, fresh as foods. It only would be if you were considering taking it as a tincture, so as a medicine, really, that, that you'd need to be concerned about it. So it's always best to ask in the health shop before you buy one. The main things, really, that would interact with aspirin would be things like curcumin, and the omega-3 fish oils will also thin the blood. Flaxseed oil also might be an issue. So uh, coenzyme Q10. So just make sure you check in the pharmacy with various different herbs that they're not going to indica- um, counterindicate with your medications. And finally, Marie, she says, I'm suffering with an ongoing chest infection for four years. I do smoke. However, I have never had this cough before. I also get lower back pain with it. Any advice? So it sounds like the lungs there, Patricia, and unfortunately smoking, uh, sorry, John Paul, uh, smoking, will, smoking will get you at some point. Um, 
and you know you can smoke for years and feel good and eventually it is going to cause health concerns of some some um form or another so what might help here would be something called a salt pipe the salt pipe is great because it's um, good for any kind of a lung complaint it comes either in plastic or ceramic and inside there's tiny salt crystals and the idea is that you breathe the air through these salt crystals so you get micro particles into the lungs and they can help strengthen lung tissue they can also help dry up mucus and they can also help kill bacteria that might be living in the mucus in the lungs so um that might be um a solution for this this person that's smoking you can you know do it alongside smoking it's not going to damage your lungs in any way it also is fine with all medications to take that and it's very good for people who would have to take their asthma inhalers quite a lot during the day a lot of my customers have been able to cut down or cut out their inhalers by using these salt pipes so that's what I'd recommend in this case Okay and very finally uh, just briefly you want to tell us about HealthFest that is coming up Yeah thanks John Paul so every year the nutritional therapists in Ireland we do a kind of a public day really just to raise awareness about nutritional therapy and this year we're doing a health fest on the 1st of March. It's in the Maryborough House Hotel and it goes from 10 o'clock to 3 o'clock. Um, I'll be doing a talk on health, um, heart health, but there's lots of other lovely talks about mindful eating, the brain-gut connection, joint health, type 2 diabetes. And it goes on from 10 to 3 with a variety of different speakers. It's only 10 euros for the day, so it's great value. And if people want to go, John Paul, they can go on to Eventbrite which um, where where they can buy their tickets. It's spelled event, E-V-E-N-T, and bright is spelled B-R-I-T-E, eventbrite.com. Or if they go to my Facebook page, there'll be a link at the top of the page to go to the, to the, the site where they can buy tickets. And when is that on again, just for people? So it's on the 1st of March in the Maribor House Hotel from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And if you go along, can you ask questions on the day? Is it just a talk or is Absolutely. there Q&A? Absolutely. All is. the nutritional therapists will be around. There'll be a few stands on the day as well. So there'll be um, a lot of different uh, nutritional therapists there that'll be able to answer questions. And of course, all the speakers will be answering questions as well. Okay, Annalise, that sounds good. And we'll chat to you again back here next week uh, for the moment. Thanks Thanks for talking to us. Thank you, as usual, our nutritionist Annalisa Drizel from the Health Hub in Banning You'll find that located across the way from the cinema in Banning And that's it from us for today. Uh, Patricia will be back with us tomorrow. She's feeling better from uh, the flu, so hopefully uh, she'll be back with us tomorrow morning from 10 a.m. My thanks to Bernie Murphy, who produced It's Mark Malone, is in for Nick this afternoon. Martina with you then on drive from 4 and we're back tomorrow with your calls and comments a lot of calls and comments we didn't get to today we'll carry them over uh, for tomorrow including Mary in Mitchellstown I know Mary you were on earlier you have a medical condition and you're looking for a good wig clinic in Cork City uh, because your hair is falling out so what we'll do is we'll carry that over again to tomorrow's show if anybody has advice for her in the meantime you can email corktoday at c103.ie and your chance to win a Husqvarna hearing protection kit with the built-in FM radio thanks to Atkins on the Carlaghan Road everything for the farm and garden. So until tomorrow morning at 10am, I'm John Paul McNamara.